Welcome to the Shell Games Podcast for the week of December 10th. This is episode number 129. And Shell Games is your lighthearted look at the games of today and the ones still on the shelf. I'm your host, John, and joining me this week are a fantastic cohort of co-hosts. Uh, we've got Ted. How you doing, Ted? Hey, not too bad. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, and coming back to the show, Amy. How you been, Amy? I've been, I've been okay. I've been okay. <laughs> some, people, some people in my apartment building threw a party last night, and I had Bash here, and it was really loud. So I went over, and I was just like, hey, can you guys quiet down? And uh, like, yeah, sure. And they turned everything down and gave me a pitcher of mulled wine. So. Oh, oh, shit. <laughs> nice. Came out it ahead in that one. Than I thought. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty great. <laughs> nice. It's, it's, it's good to have neighbors like that. Um, yeah. And uh, speaking of neighbors, another good Vancouver boy. What's going on, David? Not much. How are you? <laughs> I'm still sick from Extra Life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Soft. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the, the, the best way to get yourself sick is uh, stay up for 24 hours, invite a whole bunch of people to your house, and yeah, you know, it's, it's a sh- sure, sure bet to, to get, give yourself a, a bit of a head cold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, aside I'm from that- sick. I know, Ted, you're not sick. You're, you've got... <laughs> you've got... No, I want to know that I'm not sick. I drink all kinds of health shakes, <laughs> <laughs> Great immune system on that boy. Um, so so how's everyone been doing? Uh, so we did Extra Life last week. That was our big 24-hour charity marathon. Uh, so a huge thank you to, to you folks for participating and to everyone who was watching and donating at home because we surpassed our goal. We raised like... $3,100 or something like that uh, yeah. for, for the Children's Hospital here in Vancouver. And it's definitely the most that we've made in a year doing Extra Life. So so a huge thank you to everyone that helped me with that uh, and to all you fine folks uh, who are watching and donating as well. That's uh, absolutely terrific. Um, but uh, we, we, we talked about Extra Life. We, we had our podcast that we did at like 2.30 a.m. go up last <laughs> week. Um, so let's kind of get back to normal. Uh, let's get kind of get back to the news of the week and when and everything else. What's everyone been playing? What video games have we been taking off the shelf uh, this week? Amy, what's what's new and exciting in your video game life? A whole lot of nothing, unfortunately. Nothing <laughs> to report. Uh, the last no. two weeks I've been working on finals. Uh, uh, I've got one more thing to do tomorrow, persuasive speech on climate change. And uh, that's it. So I've literally been doing, like, I literally have not turned my computer on in weeks. So, wow. Not yeah. even like a phone game or anything. Nope. Damn. Damn. That's, I know. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it's that's, real that's, sad. That's a sad state of affairs. I, I've very much been the yeah. same way with, with my finals and exams as well. Uh, what about you, David? You've been, you've been uh, dabbling with anything these days? Um, yeah, actually, I'm, I'm still in on, on, uh, Destiny 2. And it's released a bunch of new seasonal content. So I've been digging into that. Um, huh. people still play that, huh? Yeah, it's me it's me and it's a couple of watch others. it yeah and we're having a great time john yeah. yeah okay so so um i mean i think with with destiny and you could probably make the argument with like a lot of games these days is that playing them at launch is kind of a bad idea and waiting yes. for content updates and future dlc and whatever else is usually the way to go these days um so and, and Destiny specifically always seems to have a long tail and people are always like, oh, no, 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 you should be playing now that the Taken King is out or now that this piece of content is out and this is really what Destiny is all about. So so what's been going on with Destiny? Because I played at launch and then I just fell off and I have no interest in going back. Yeah, it, I mean, it was the same for me. Like I, I played a whole bunch of 
launch. <clears throat> and I had a good time. Like I, I enjoyed the time that I spent in it, but you know, there's just at some point you just run out of stuff to do. And, and so then you're just kind of done with it and that's, and that's it. Um, and then they put it out for free with BlizzCon. Like during BlizzCon, they put Destiny 2 out base game for free. And so a bunch of other people I know picked it up. And so that's why I started playing it again just recently is because they all had it for free. And I was like, well, I had fun with it for the price I paid. You're going to have fun with it for nothing. Mm-hmm. So we did that. And then they released that Forsaken expansion. Um, which I wasn't going to get. And then they put it on sale, like immediately after launching it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I guess I'm in now. And so I don't know it, they added a, I mean, they, it, it's just what you said. They add, they have so much more content. There's way more game modes. Um, there's way more loot just as far as weapons and armor and stuff that you can collect. Like it, it really does kind of feel like what they had promised when destiny two was launched but right that's sort of the problem is that this is like over a year now later and they're like oh and look at how great it is it's like well okay but mm-hmm. but it took you a year to get here yeah which i think is kind of understandable and it doesn't it doesn't bug me that much like i don't have tons of time to play games and so i kind of am, am totally happy with this sort of like light mmo like i just jump in once or twice a week and run some missions and collect mm-hmm. some stuff and like and like that's sort of enough to mm-hmm. keep me along. Um, I can understand that if like you were looking for a game to be like your, this is, I'm all in, I'm playing it every night and I'm grinding stuff. Yeah. You would probably run out of stuff to do pretty mm-hmm. quick. And so yeah. I can get why people complained about it that way. But like, for me, it's sort of at my level of involvement, yeah. which is nice, but yeah. Yeah. I think, I think one of my biggest complaints was it just felt like really repetitive and really grindy. Um, mm-hmm. And I just felt like I was running out of things to do or maybe not things to do, but like places to see, you know? Mm. And, and because you know, you only have a set number of enemy archetypes and it's just like, oh, well, this one's stronger and just takes more bullets. And <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like, okay, cool. But like, I've run the same public event like 10 fucking times, you know, yep. just grinding for, for gear with better numbers on it. And, uh, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm kind of at a point in life and we've talked about this a lot, but like, I think I'm at a point in life where I just can't, I can't get on board an MMO grind fest anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. The, like, like I said, like Destiny now, like there are enough, you know, there's w- twice as many locations as there was in the base game. And, you know, they've added new enemy archetypes within each of the factions and stuff. So, so you know, for instance, the other night I spent the whole night basically just on one planet doing all these different story missions and public events and kind of thing. And I didn't even go to any of the other like nine planets kind of a thing. I was mm-hmm. able to just like sit on that one planet and keep doing stuff. And so like, you know, if every night I'm going to a different planet and doing things, that's great. But again, it's well over a year since the game originally launched. And now it's at a point where it's like, Oh, it's so fun to play now. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Do you play with, do you play with friends mostly? Or is it like kind of a solo endeavor? Um, probably mostly with friends, but at this point I'm into it enough that I, I will play by myself. Hmm. And that's usually when I'll do like, um, story missions like there are there are way more story missions that are actually like guided by some of the characters or something like that in there not just like because you know a lot of what you had to do in the base game was just those you know public events and patrols and stuff where it was just they were literally just like go here and and kill you know 10 guys 
or whatever. Right. And it's like, well, okay, like I'll do that. But there's not re- really much to that. Whereas there mm-hmm. is more, there's more story and there are actually kind of like cool, interesting lore things that you're finding out and, and right. more about this world and that sort of thing, which is really nice. But, you know, yeah, I, I wouldn't have known about any of that if they hadn't, which is good on them for releasing Destiny 2 for free, you know, a, a month or two ago whenever they did that, because I never would have come back to it otherwise. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. So it was just because like a couple of my friends were like, hey, we saw it was free and we picked it up. And I was like, okay, I have the game. I'll play with you guys. And and then we did. And now we're back into it because now it's actually like really fun to play. But cool. Yeah. Hey, gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. Um, what about you, Ted? You, uh, I know you've been working a lot, but uh, you had a chance to, to dabble with anything? Yeah. Um, I mean, when I have time to play a game, I've been kind of doing some Minecraft lately. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, and I always feel like it feels st- st- stupid to say, but like I always feel like a little bit of like, I'm, like, ashamed to say that because, like, you just see all the memes of, like, these little kids playing Minecraft and it's just, like... I still play Minecraft. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> Every once in a long while, okay. I'll turn on Minecraft. Yeah. yeah. And you it's, just want to build something. You exactly. You throw a podcast in and Minecraft. Like, yep. that's that's the perfect Sunday right mm-hmm. there. Yeah, exactly. Like, I almost can't even play the game without listening to a podcast or an audiobook or something like that. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the ultimate chill game yeah. right um but yeah so a few friends of mine we started up a a realm server in survival mode so we're all just kind of like building our own bases like doing whatever we want and uh yeah it's a lot of fun like i've only been playing it for probably a few weeks now but mm-hmm. yeah it's i'm digging it awesome nice uh it, it's nice to, to find those games where you can just kind of like lean back and chill out for a bit and yeah. Not be not be like too hyper competitive or get stressed out about like you know a, a really complex strategy game or something like yeah. that, right? Yeah, exactly. And like right now, I'm I'm trying to build a, an underwater mansion, mm-hmm. and it's just like <laughs> building it above ground is hard enough. So I don't know why I took on the challenge of building it underwater. I just <laughs> thought it'd be cool. So there's that, and like it is chill. But then there there are parts in the game where like if you go exploring and you find like a a mansion filled with enemy mobs it's like oh man like we're playing on hard mode too so you die mm. very easily and if you have a lot of loot on you you're like you know it can be pretty stressful but yeah i just like you can take away from the game whatever you want you know you can be chill or you can go adventuring and make it stressful like yeah yeah it's cool that's that's so. fun um so last weekend uh we we played some fortnite um, <laughs> a bunch, a bunch of us old folks. Speaking of shameful games, so yeah, dabbled, dabbled John, John, with. It's so brave of you to admit that. And <laughs> yeah, I think that that's the first step. <laughs> so brave. We dabbled with some Fortnite. Um, it, you know, we, we we did it for the charity live stream. I thought it would be a a fun sort of uh, experiment, if you will, to have a bunch of people that like maybe have dabbled with certain battle rails, but haven't really gotten it. You know, gotten on board the the the, the hype train that is Fortnite. Um, and it was interesting. I can see the hooks. I can see the draw. It has like a really fun aesthetic that you can do a lot of things with. Um, but in my time, my limited time with it, um, and also I was like really sleep deprived when we were playing some of it. Um, <laughs> I, I quickly realized I'm just like, yeah, battle royale just isn't for me. It's just not for me whatsoever. Um, but I, I don't know. Did, did anyone else have any takeaways from our Fortnite experience? I know, Amy, you were watching a little bit of it. Um, and you, and you, and you've played some Fortnite in the past as well. Um, what, what was your takeaway? 
as an outsider, it was really funny watching you guys try to <laughs> struggle through it. And, like, part of me was just like, oh, I'll just hop on and, like, teach them the basics and keep them alive. And then I was like, no, this is way more fun just watching people struggle. <laughs> but, uh, you, I mean, y'all did fine for first-timers, yeah. honestly. Like It was mm-hmm. tough with controller. It was, yeah. That's true. We, we were playing yeah. on PC with a controller just because it was a little bit easier um, with our setup. But, uh I think we made top 10 at least a couple times. You did. You did. Yeah. I know yeah, I did. No, no, no. We did. We did. Sorry. We all did. We all did. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, David, how, how did you feel about Fortnite? It's fine. I mean, really, really <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, it's fine. Like, I, yeah. it's not for me. Like, I'm, I, I played a lot of PUBG. Um, and I think that that, like I, I enjoyed that that period of my life where we, <laughs> where I played battle royales and that was fine. But I am just super. I got real burnt out on battle royales and whatever Fortnite is is putting out there. It's not it's not bringing me back in yeah. in any kind of refreshing way. I do really love the art style. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think just like in general the game looks amazing and yeah. and I get why. Like it's so popular on Twitch. Like it is really fun to watch. And there, mm. I, it pains me to admit this, but when it comes to the building and stuff, there is like kind of some tactic, tactical depth there. It's not like the same kind of like, you know, fire team tactics that right. you would have in PUBG, but, but it has its own kind of, you know, um, uh, gameplay that you can really like dig deep into. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really like, I just like kind of most of the, mostly the environmental stuff, like the, like how they have this one map, but they evolve it over time. And like all those little, like we found so many, we were just like delightfully prancing around this field, like finding yeah. all of these random things that like, oh, can we press this button? And most of the yeah. time you could and something yeah. would happen. And that's really actually kind of cool. I, I think yeah. that was probably my big takeaway as well is just like how much there was on that map. And, and obviously they've expanded it over time and added to it and keep adding to it. But yeah, like you, you would just come across something and be like, oh, is this like a weird mini game that I can play outside of this larger battle royale thing that I'm taking part in? And like, yeah, the, the answer is almost always yes. Like, oh, there's just a racetrack here. And, you know, if my <laughs> friends and I were here, we could all hop on these little buggies and go racing around this track. And it's it's interesting that they just like add all this smaller stuff, you know, on, on this larger battle royale map. Um, but yeah, Ted, as someone who played a lot of PUBG as well, what, what were your thoughts on Fortnite? Yeah, kind of the same takeaway as Dave. Like I, I played a ton of PUBG, so I, I think uh, I'm a little biased because I'm pretty burnt out on the whole battle royale yeah. uh, game mode. Um, but yeah, I was really impressed with how much like, yeah, how much like random shit was in there, and like, even just like the um, mechanics of the game coming from PUBG, it just felt so uh, crisp. Like it just felt like you press a button, you immediately react to that to that yeah. button, and it's just like in PUBG, it's a little more fluid. Like it can be pretty annoying like kind of floaty um, yeah exactly um but again it, like there was nothing really that drew me back into that uh i guess universe with that game just mm-hmm. i don't know there were things and even, there was even like one part where there was a guy running across the field in fortnite and i'm just like oh i'm gonna wait until he's like not at all around any cover and i'm just gonna like unload on him <laughs> waited waited in the middle of nowhere, I just start shooting. He just builds something around. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what the game is. That's right. You can do that. Yeah. So, I, yeah. 
Wasn't, um, wasn't for me, but yeah. And it's funny, like how many times, cause like all of us were just abysmal at the building. And to be frank, like <laughs> build, trying, trying to build with the controller is like you're, you're playing with one hand tied behind your back. So mm, yeah, the, the second we would build in general is terrible. Yeah. Just yeah. like yeah. keyboard and mouse controller doesn't matter. Yeah. So if you yeah. do come across, uh, you know, another player and you get into a gunfight and all of a sudden they start building, you're just like, well, they're probably going to win this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, because you know, the big thing there is just like get verticality on your opponent get behind them, get above them. Um, so, so Amy, again, like watching us and, and with your own experiences playing Fortnite, um, I, you know, I guess big picture, like how do you, how do you feel about that game in general? And just like, how do you feel about its comparisons to other battle royales? Um, and you know, you said it was kind of funny watching a bunch of jokers try and try and learn it for the first time, but <laughs> yeah. What were your final thoughts? I am, I think of the same mind as the rest of you. I'm really burnt out on BR genres. PUBG has been uninstalled for, I think, the last time it has stayed installed for uninstalled for a while. <laughs> so I'm not going back to that. I haven't uninstalled Fortnite yet. I'm too scared. Because then I feel <laughs> like it's a bad breakup. Like, VR genre is gone from my computer. <laughs> but I don't know. I think um, out of the ones that I've played, because I've, I've played PUBG, Fortnite, and Realm Royale. I don't know if anybody else ever played that one. No, I haven't. I, put, I played a bit of that one. I actually, I actually, of all of them, I think I like that one the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I were to rank them, I'd say PUBG is probably my least favorite. And then Fortnite and then Realm Royale was probably my favorite of all of them. But um, I don't know. I think Fortnite has some really cool stuff. It's just not really for me anymore. So uh, That's totally fair. Um, but I guess since we're talking about Battle Royale stuff, uh, we might as well dip into some of the news since since this is fairly relevant. Uh, but Counter-Strike Global Offensive, uh, one of the, you know, sort of stalwart eSport uh, games, um, has finally gone free-to-play. Uh, and this, this kind of surprised me because uh, it had a very similar model to Dota 2, which was, you know, really cosmetic-based for, for generating uh, money and that sort of thing. But up until now, it still had like a like a fifteen dollar price tag or something like that. Um, so the, the game's finally gone free to play. Um, so you know, some naysayers might say like, "Oh, the game's in trouble," but I think Counter Strike's probably still doing okay. It, it still has its diehard fans. Uh, but on top of that, they also added an eighteen player battle royale mode uh, called Danger Zone. Um, <laughs> so aside from it being a terrible name. <laughs> um, you know, Ted, you're, you're our Counter-Strike, uh, aficionado here. What did you think about, uh, A, CSGO going free to play? And have you, have you dabbled with the game since, uh, they updated it like this? Yeah, I was playing some of the, the Battle Royale yesterday just to try it out. Um, I think it still kind of stands with me just being burnt out on that genre. Mm-hmm. Even though it's, uh, I think games go like max 20 minutes or like average 20 minutes. Um, so it kind of respects your time a little bit more than other, battle royale games but i don't know man i played four rounds and i just was not i just didn't feel it i was not really enjoying it that much um but i'm sure you know other people are having a different experience um as far as it going free to play i mean whatever i know a lot of people were kind of upset that they had paid for the game and now it's out for free but i don't really have any problems giving developers money for a game that i you know, almost have a thousand hours in like, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. I'll give you $20 for that. Yeah. Um, the one issue I, I did have is how they, <clears throat> um, if you pay the $15, you get upgraded to prime status, mm-hmm. which is basically, uh, previously prime status was you had to link it to your phone number. 
So that kind of limited or kind of stopped uh, hackers um, from playing the game unless right. they were dedicated enough to buy like a burner phone and put in their phone number. Right. Um, now it's just you pay $15 in your prime. So that kind of feels like it was a step in the in a backwards direction. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, other than that, yeah, just I haven't really <laughs> the new mode is not my thing. So yeah. And, and again, I think it you know, points to a lot of developers kind of being like, oh, Battle Royale is super, you know, hot right now. We should maybe try and do something uh, in our game like that. And, you know, I imagine this is more of an experiment for CSGO than anything else. Yeah. Just sort of be like, well, we have these tools. We can maybe try it out. And if it catches on, it catches on. If it doesn't, it doesn't. We'll just, you know, focus on the the tried and true Counter-Strike experience. Yeah, um, exactly. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, with that. Um but uh, I guess moving into some Bethesda stuff, we talked last week um, during our Extra Life Marathon about the uh, the canvas bag fiasco where uh, a number of folks <laughs> who, who bought the, uh, I guess, the, the collector's edition of, of Fallout 76 were promised a sort of like canvas military style bag and they ended up getting like a nylon bag that was uh, basically trash. Um So in in the ensuing days, Bethesda has, you know, apologized. They said, hey, you know, you can um, file a ticket with us and and we'll actually send you, you know, uh, an actual proper canvas bag. You know, I think originally they talked about like how there were supply limitations and it it was a weird thing where like the customer support for the, for the, um, collector's edition wasn't like internal at Bethesda. So the messaging was all off and like customer support was kind of saying like, Oh, tough shit. You know, this is what you get. I mean, it not in so many words. And then, you know, Bethesda kind of having to like, you know, uh, dial that back a little bit and say like, Hey, you know, like, you know, sorry about this. We'll, we'll try and make this right. Um, but, uh, this is turned into a bigger mess because, um, since they opened up this system sort of like, Hey, you know, file a support ticket with us. We'll get you a proper canvas bag, et cetera, et cetera. Um, since that, uh, happened, uh, there was a bit of an exploit in the, in the support system that, uh, publicly displayed customer names, addresses, and phone numbers for people who were filing <laughs> these support ticket tickets. So one does one small disaster leading kind of into a much bigger one, uh, especially when you're accidentally leaking the public data of your customers, uh, kind of a bad look. Um, since then Bethesda has sort of resolved the issue because what, what it seemed, what, what seemed to be happening is people would log into like file a ticket or look at their own ticket and they'd be able to see the information of other folks. Um, so Beth- Bethesda has fixed that since then, but what do we think about this whole whole thing? Um, David, you got thoughts? I got some thoughts. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this is just, I mean, this is like, what the fuck? This is just a lesson in, in everything that can go wrong with the launch of a game. Like, this is even just like one aspect of the train wreck that is Fallout 76's <laughs> launch. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's people are also complaining about the game itself, like, yeah, that it's buggy and that there's like all kinds of like it has almost no controls or or options for dealing with any sort of toxicity in this open world. And there like there's all kinds of things that are going on with it and just like how much of a departure it is anyway, because there's like vats is different and all this other stuff. And this is just like I can imagine that there is like. Like, I feel bad for them in some way because, the, like, we're talking about, you know, Bethesda as though it's this giant monolithic entity. Mm-hmm. But really, there's, like, a community support, a a super strung out community support person somewhere who's mm-hmm. just trying to keep a hold of this whole situation. And it's yep. just, 
from so many different angles and for so many different reasons just completely coming unraveled. Yeah. But I mean, like, I guess I feel bad because I mean, like the, this, the information getting put out, I mean, like, I, I don't know exactly how that happened or what happened, but like, it's just, that's just a mistake. Like, it's yeah. just an accident, right? Like, yeah. it's not, it's not something that you would, like, it's only in a situation like this that you would even notice that it's a problem, yeah. which is and, the the issue. And it's obviously not malicious or anything like that, right? Yeah, no, it, it just, it happened. But the yeah. problem is, is that, like, it's now just one more thing on top of this, like, whole situation that's just, that's just a train wreck. And I, I didn't actually realize that it was an external company that did the, that was doing the customer support. I think stuff. so, yeah. Um, Amy, have you been following the Bethesda stuff at all with Fallout 76? Loosely, um, mm. I've been watching a lot of streams of Fallout 76, but I, I actually didn't get a chance to listen to the podcast last week, so I'm not super familiar with what you're talking about, but um, I don't know, It's that that strikes me as, a, it, I agree, I feel like it's not like a malicious thing, it's not like somebody made the conscious decision to be like, well, let's just start releasing everybody's information, so <laughs> yeah, I feel like getting bad press for that is a little unfair. I feel like people are just kind of like pissed because all of these other things have been happening, which is understandable. Mm -hmm. And frankly, like your personal information being leaked anyway is infuriating, but yeah, nobody made the active decision to be like, yeah, let's publish all this stuff for everybody else to see. Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 it's just like the, the doxing cherry on top of like the shit storm <laughs> that they've been dealing with. Right. Yeah. Um, which is really unfortunate because I feel like they, they fallout 76 kind of feels like the elder scrolls online. Like if you were to compare the two fallout 76 is to the fallout franchise as elder scrolls is to elder scrolls online is to the elder scrolls franchise mm -hmm. because everybody expected elder scrolls online to be this kind right. of extension of Skyrim and everybody expected Fallout 76 to be this extension of the Fallout franchise. So it's like, they're already getting enough shit for that. And then on top of that, this like entire thing that is was out of their control has now come down on them. And it's really, yeah. really sad. Yeah, that's honestly. totally fair. Um, I think this the this story that we're looking at from Luke Plunkett on Kotaku, he has a line here at the bottom and he says, uh, quote, I can't believe this game and now its support is such a mess that I've had to write three stories about a plastic bag. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the gift that keeps on giving. I guess it's like getting angry at the waiter when your when your meal tastes bad. You know, it's like you kind of. That's a good example. Yeah. You can't like blame. Uh, you can't blame you know a singular person or just a company by itself for for doing something that uh, stupid. Like, that's what it is. It's stupid. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day, I mean, it is personal information that's being leaked, and accidental or not, like. Get your shit together. Fix that. And it looks like they did. Um, but it's just, yeah, <laughs> amid the uh, sequence of events that's been happening with that company, it's pretty bad timing. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Hopefully they figure it out. So let's maybe talk a little bit about Street Fighter because this was really interesting news. And anytime, anytime something happens with like, oh, how are we going to monetize a game? And like, maybe we can try a different model. I'm, I'm always very interested in talking about that stuff. Um, so Street Fighter V um, and, and Capcom has decided to include um, ads in the game, but th they're doing it in a very interesting way. So basically, um, the, the Street Fighter V Arcade Edition is going to get an update on uh, December 11th, um, 
where these ads will appear in loading screens, on different stages, and on costumes of different characters. Um, so that, you know, they'll promote things like other cosmetics or they'll promote like uh, the Capcom Pro Tour or other events that are coming up. Um, but the thing is, is that players can disable these if they want so that they don't see them at all. But if they do keep the ads on, they get more in-game currency. Um, that of course that they can spend on future cosmetics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so an interesting system, and this really reminds me of a lot of, um, monetization models in the mobile space, David. Um, hmm. and as some, as someone who perhaps works in the mobile space, uh, what did you think about, uh, this decision from Capcom here? I think, like, I guess it's fine. I mean, it's, it, the way I see the way that they're they're doing it so like the ads appear in a few different ways like on costumes like it actually mm-hmm. would with fighters or with like race car drivers or right. something like that or yeah. and on loading screens and then actually like on the stage like again like on like how in real life you have sponsors and stuff in the rings of fights and so I think that that actually like that actually kind of works. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like it, like it, it kind of conceptually within the context of the game, it makes sense to have, um, to have ads in those locations. I don't know that I would feel like the best about having a big old Pepsi logo on Ryu, but like probably that's fine. Um, I don't know that I like, like the whole, you get more, um, just by having the ads on, um, you're really just taking a personal stand if you turn that off, right? Like it's so un- like I think it's kind of unobtrusive, and so and you're losing out on fight money, which by the way I didn't realize that's what their currency was called. And it's the <laughs> best name. Fight money is currency. a good name. Yeah, need some fight yeah. money. Um, <laughs> uh, they'll earn yeah they'll earn additional fight money. Uh, in ranked and casual matches if you have these ads on yeah that's fine i think like it's a generally unobtrusive thing this is this is a f- this is a full price game though mm-hmm. which is sort of where i think a lot of people's sticking point is going to be it's like well why are you continuing to monetize on me i paid for this already right so like we we have we do like in the games i make we put a lot of ads in in one of the games i just released um the primary way for us to make money is through ad views um but it's an opt-in thing not an opt-out thing like you can just play the game and have no ads or if you watch an ad you'll get some kind of boost or whatever right um like a temporary you know double your income sort of a thing so like i think i think that's going to be where a lot of people have issues is that it's like you know it's on and you have to opt out of it and instead of like going to it and like being an efficient player and being an engaged player and like finding all these ways to get extra stuff everybody's just getting extra stuff and if you don't want to do that you can opt out but then you're like you're missing out at right. that point right you right, are right. automatically not playing as efficiently as everybody else is yeah um i don't actually know like what do you spend fight money on i i think it's game? i think it's mostly cosmetics um I'm okay not, i'm not sure if you unlock characters with fight money or if you have to pay hard currency for that um okay. but i yeah so i have to do some more research but i'm but i'm guessing it's mostly cosmetic but it also might be characters as well um it, it, in that case it might it might be fine like if if it's just the cosmetics and like you're just gonna get a yeah. special outfit a little bit later than somebody else, but if it was, um, 
if it was associated with something that like actually might affect yeah like a balance thing in some way yeah. like then then that does feel really bad because you it's like well realistically it's like you don't have to watch the ads but it's like okay but if you're an engaged player and you want to play this game at some sort of competitive level you have to watch the ads yeah this this mm-hmm. kind of this kind of this kind of reminds me like if we take this to like its most extreme extent like let's say five years down the road, we start seeing a lot more games include like, oh, hey, let's sort of incentivize people checking out ads, right? Um, which you see in a lot of places, you know, on the web or, or you know, YouTube, whatever it is. Um, but this reminds me of that Black Mirror episode. I don't know if everyone remembers that one where the guy yeah. was like riding the bicycle to like generate currency or whatever. <laughs> and like everything in the world costed um, – or yeah, costs like a specific amount of currency. So like, oh, you want like a toothbrush or a little bit of soap that it costs you this, this much currency. And, and basically it got to a point where like you would be forced to watch ads. And like, if you closed your eyes, the ad would pause and it would force you to open your eyes so you could like finish watching the ad. Um, <laughs> and, and then of course you would get more currency or whatever. Right. So like, if we, if we take it to like its most extreme extent, and again, this like really starts to work its way into a lot of these, these, these games, whether it's, you know, full cost games or, uh, free to play stuff. I don't know. Like, like Amy, how do you sort of feel about that type of model? I always hate the games that you pay full price for. And then there's some other way that you have to pay for other things in the game. That really, but bo- if it's not cosmetic, I mean, that really bothers me. Um, I don't, necessarily know again i want more clarification on kind of like are these people able to get a more like a a better advantage over people Mm. who don't have the ads enabled that's what i'm really curious about because if if you're at a disadvantage for not having an having ads enabled but you've paid full price for this game i don't like that i don't like Mm -hmm. how that how that goes so i guess that's kind of my opinion on it i don't necessarily play games like that anyway so i wouldn't mm-hmm. know how much of an impact it would have on just regular gameplay but just at first blush i don't necessarily like the idea of people who don't want to have ads enabled being at a disadvantage yeah yeah so mm-hmm. so so ted what if in counter-strike because counter-strike you basically like earn funds during the rounds which allow you to buy better and better gear but let's say you and your team have ads enabled and you get more money between your rounds so you can buy better shit faster than the opposing <laughs> team. How do you feel about that, my friend? <laughs> well, that would be uh, that would change mechanics of the game. Then everyone would have their ads <laughs> enabled. That yeah. would be like, yeah, that would totally change the game. Mm-hmm. Um, with this, I don't know how obtrusive the ads are. It sounds like it's more cosmetic stuff or mm-hmm. things running in the background or like between load screens. I could be wrong. I honestly, I don't know. Um, but I mean, it almost kind of sounds experimental in a way that. Um, a developer trying to make uh, extra money um, on top of their game that's not loot boxes and maybe it is fucking lazy and like they're not you know putting a lot of creativity into it but I don't know we'll see I mean if people are fine with having ads and yeah then keep doing it it's like obviously people are fine with it Um, I don't honestly I don't think it would bother me that much I'm not a huge cosmetic guy um, I don't really care what my character looks like as long as I can just still play the game. Um, I don't know if that's a, you know, a general opinion, but yeah, I mean, if they weren't that obtrusive, I'd, I probably wouldn't have a problem with it. Yeah, for sure. So, 
Um, so also this uh, this past week, uh, we had the Video Game Awards, Jeff Keighley's The Video Game Awards, which is, I guess, sort of billed as this like celebration of the industry in general. And, you know, we all come together and just celebrate games. Uh, but it's also one big commercial where we get to find out <laughs> uh, what people have in store for, you know, the coming days. You know, we get a lot of uh, world premieres of, of, of different trailers and different announcements for games. Uh, so it is a interesting events you know it is what it is it's it's not the oscars it's it's not e3 it's kind of something in between um so the they had the awards and you can kind of you know argue this one way or the other whether like oh should god of war won game of the year or should it have been red dead 2 or marvel spider-man but uh you know, they gave it to God of War. Uh, best ongoing game went to Fortnite. Uh, game direction went to God of War as well. Best narrative went to Red Dead. Uh, best score went to Red Dead to audio design. Uh, best performance went to Roger Clark, who played Arthur Morgan in Red Dead 2. Uh, games for Impact and best independent game went to Celeste. Uh, some local folks here um, that did uh, Towerfall. Matt makes games. Um, what else is kind of stands out here? Best action game was Dead Cells. Um Best RPG, Monster Hunter World. Um, I don't know. Was there anything in these awards that kind of like really like jumped out at people and, and, and you thought was really, really cool? Um, are there criteria that like – is there like set in stone criteria that they base the awards off of or is it just kind of like a subjective like- – So from what my understanding is, is basically they, they have like uh, – they, they tap like a lot of like industry folks. So whether it's like your game spots or your, your giant bombs or, you know, other – big influencers or whatever it is like journalists and, and developers. And so they, they tap her a number of folks and they say, send us your nominations. And then from those lists, they mm. get like the, the nominations for each category. They kind of like say like, okay, so these are the games that people like. And so we'll, we'll, we'll put these noms here or these were the ones that were most talked about. And then from there, they send out another round of ballots and everyone kind of votes. And, and, and that's how they kind of decide everything. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I'm only like a quarter of the way through God of War, um, but I can see why it would be game of the year. Like, mm-hmm. holy crap, that game is an experience. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. Best content creator of the year, no surprise, went to Ninja. Um, I think one of the best uh, acceptance speeches this year was from Sonic Fox for winning yes. best esports player. <laughs> Sonic, that, that was my standout moment. Oh, was just him. So awesome! Uh, I didn't see it. I, I didn't even know who I he saw. was before that. That's the only clip I saw the, of the yeah. Game Awards. Was just yeah. that, and I was just like, "All right, redeemed." Yeah. Um, so Sonic <laughs> Sonic Fox is obviously huge in the fighting game community, um, and he's obviously very very good. Um, but you know, he's also unabashedly you know gay and uh, a furry, um, and quite literally wears his like fursona costume two tournaments and when he's fighting and you know he just says like this is what makes me feel comfortable this kind of like this is who i am and and he's yeah not ashamed about it whatsoever so um it was really cool and it was like a really touching moment too because he was so nervous like you could tell he was kind of motor mouthing a bit at when he was just kind of rambling because he didn't know what to say um but yeah it was a really really cool acceptance speech i think uh wow I really won this shit. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, look, mom. <laughs> uh, I guess I want to say this is a big honor. Uh, I kind of just really, really enjoy playing video games competitively. Um, I've never really, really done it for the fame. I kind of just enjoy the rush of like beating people up, you know? Like, I don't know, like, even, like, uh, I'm sure you guys heard the story of uh, when I won the IPS finale. The other thing I don't do this for is for the money, 
It's because when uh, my best friend, one of my, my best friend, one of my closest friends, oh, we got him nervous. Uh, his dad had cancer, and after I won, well, before I even like, uh, did the match, I told him whether I win or lose, I'm going to be donating at least like 10K of the prize winning to his father for his stage three cancer. And I hope it works out for him. Um, and he really, really. I'm not even this nervous. This is more scary than I want Evo. Um, but, I mean, I guess I, I never really, I always just done it just to make new friends and bonds in the community. So, um, I guess for now, I want to give a shout out to obviously the team that's helped me do all the, all the way Echo Fox. I want to give a shout out to uh, um, all my friends back at home, my best friend, the Kill Sage. Uh, he's helped me out so much through life. Um, McKenna and Black, the, gang, the goons back at home, gang, gang. Um, <laughs> um, uh, as you guys also may know or may not know, um, I'm also super gay, so I mean, uh, I want to give a shout out. <laughs> so, I want to give a super shout out to all my LGBTQ plus friends that have always taught me through life. Um, Obviously, I'm a furry, so shout out to the furries. I've been any furries in Gamera year. Yeah. Um, guess all I gotta really say is that I'm gay, black, a furry, pretty much everything a Republican hates, and the best esports player of the whole year, I guess. <laughs> Thank you so much. Also, I just learned the term fursona. Uh, <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh, also, the other side of the night was, like I said, of course, a whole bunch of announcements. Um, so we don't really need to go through a lot of this stuff. But was there anything surprising, any sort of big standouts um, from the Game Awards here that people are either looking forward to or maybe caught us off guard? Amy, was there anything that kind of jumped out to you in terms of trailers and announcements that uh, that you're really looking forward to? Uh, I haven't seen any as of yet honestly no. that we're like oh my gosh yes but mm. i know there was a lot of stuff announced and talked about and stuff but yeah. it's it's yeah. funny because i i kind of felt a little bit underwhelmed as well maybe maybe yeah. i'm just like jaded in my old age and i'm kind of like yeah okay i i get it this is this is kind of what's happening um ted what about you i really want to play uh hades i loved bastion i love the soundtrack that's honest like that's my favorite part about bastion is the soundtrack yep um but yeah, no, that looks like a cool game. So, so, so that's from uh, Supergiant. So obviously the folks that did Bastion and Transistor and Pyre. Um, yeah. But it's in early access right now. Um, but yeah, it looks really, really fucking cool. I love the the aesthetic and the art style of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it looks cool. Um, and the Pathless, the mm. or is it called the Pathless? Uh, Pathless, yeah, yeah. It's Pathless, from yeah. It's from the folks. And it's who like, did. yeah, Abzu and, mm. and Journey and and Flower. And I played all those games, and it's almost kind of like, well, they made another one. I guess I'm playing that. So <laughs> yeah, I'll check that out. Uh, what about you, David? Um, yeah, it's the same for me. Like, uh, like there wasn't anything that got announced. That I was like, oh my god! But mm. the um, Hades looks good. Um, because that was super giant, right? Yeah, Hades. Yeah, and and kind of like. Uh, what Ted said with the Pathless, you know, Supergiant, I've played all their past games and I've really enjoyed those. And so when they say they're announcing another game, I go, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because it's not even like I'm like I'm super like hyped and excited about it. I'm just like, yeah, I will probably enjoy that and I'm going to get it and play it. 
Yeah, yeah. Although I, the Pathless does look really good too. That that one yeah. I think will be fun. Yeah, the, so yeah. the Pathless again, like from the folks that did Abzu, and they had some people come from the original team that did Journey. Um, it just looks really rad. You get a cool bird friend, and you're just like. I don't know. It, uh, just watching that trailer, I'm like, yeah, this is totally my shit. Like 100. <laughs> this is this is me on like a Sunday afternoon with some you know a nice hot cup of tea and just like exploring what is this it world. About, what is it about those kinds of games that's so attractive to us? Like, I think it's it's a it's a number of things. I think it's like aesthetic. I think it's like mood and music and it's it's almost like a simplicity of mechanics, but it's just like. I don't know. I think those games are obviously going for a much more emotional sort of resonance. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How do other people feel about stuff like Journey? The, those games, I think that like a lot of those games are very, they have this very like intense sense of isolation in them. Mm. Like you are very much by yourself and it is this world that is, it feels empty but not empty as in a lack of like art assets, empty as in like you, like there are very few other life forms in here. And so when you mm-hmm. meet somebody, it's exciting. But at the same time, like, I don't know. I think like <laughs> in today's world, um, <laughs> we, you know, we're like, we're hooked up all the time. We're talking to people all the time. We're like getting, I literally in front of me, I have two monitors and like six windows and all of them are covered in words and faces. <laughs> like right and 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 a phone i literally have my phone open to me on the side playing a mobile game like i you know it's, <laughs> it's just you know it's everywhere and so like even though it, it's kind of ironic because you, what you're doing with those games is you're plugging into another screen mm-hmm. but you're plugging into i think just that screen and like a game like that where it's not this it's it's not rainbow six or Fortnite or any of these other games where um you know there's lots of action and there's fighting and there's other players and stuff it's just like no no, no me and this character and we're just gonna go on a little adventure and it's just like the modern version of a campfire story kind mm-hmm. of a thing right it's you know when people would tell stories about robin hood or beowulf or whatever and like this is just no now it's a story about journey except Mm -hmm. that instead of me around a campfire it's me and my console and it's just me and this character and we're just going to go do a thing together by ourselves and that's kind of it for like two hours of my life i'm just gonna just do this one thing and i think that's Mm -hmm. why i think that's certainly why like i as i get older i like games like that because i appreciate the opportunity to unplug i not mm. actually unplug because it is a screen but you know what i mean like just <laughs> yeah. just focus in on one thing for mm. like a couple mm. hours a day maybe but yeah. yeah i've actually never played any of the games you guys are talking about oh, so oh, like yeah. yeah so i just i went and looked them up on steam and was just like oh okay well <laughs> maybe i should play these so yeah. <laughs> they're sweet well, you yeah. also have an opportunity to play Journey, and we'll talk about that in a little bit here. Um, last game I want to talk about from the Game Awards, uh, Ashen. We've been seeing that game teased for quite some time. Um, and, it, you know, it, it looked like, hey, we're trying to go for like a weird Journey slash Dark Souls aesthetic. Um, and I think there was a lot of concern about like, oh, is this going to shape up or not? And from everything that I've heard about from people that are playing it, it sounds like it's really, really solid. So I'm kind of excited to, to dive into that and maybe check it out at some point. Um, but I guess like the um, the overwhelming thing that we can't really get away from this week is the launch of the Epic Games Store. Um, and so games like Ashen are launching there first. Journey, which was a PlayStation exclusive um, for years and years and years, is finally coming to PC 
on the Epic Game Store. Um, and we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, but uh, we were talking earlier about Fortnite and uh, it's, I mean, there's, there's just so much to talk about with Epic, but um, in, in the last week, uh, rapper Two Millie uh, filed suit against Epic Games uh, for selling his signature quote unquote Millie Rock dance um, from uh, one of his uh, music videos and from from his song Millie Rock. Um, and in, in Fortnite, they call that that uh, dance Swipe It. Um, so Pierce Brain- Bainbridge is the law firm that uh, he's contracted and is in his uh, filing against Epic. And sort of the, the big thing here is, is is them sort of saying like. Hey, you took this signature dance that this, this artist created and you're now profiting off of it. Um, and to Millie says, quote, I was never compensated by Epic Games for their use of the Millie Rock. They never even asked for my permission. Um, and so, yeah. And, and I think this is a bit of a controversy. Uh, I think Chance the Rapper talked about this uh, a couple months ago as well about how. Uh, you know, Fortnite is sort of capitalizing on the artistic labor of black artists and, and using their dances in their game, uh, without compensating them and without their permission. Um, and so this is kind of a complex topic, but what did people think about, uh, this news? Um, that finally people are kind of taking suit against Epic, um, for selling dances that, that are, can have like a very clear lineage to like who created this. Um, you know, if you talk about things like the chicken dance, that might be a little bit harder to sort of trace back. Okay. Who actually created the chicken dance? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. David, David's demonstrating for us on Skype here. I appreciate it, David. Thank you. Very well. Um, the copyrighted <laughs> version. Good job. Good job. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, what do we think about this story? Um, Amy, have you been following this? I think, yeah. Um, this, this is, I, I haven't listened to the song. I You'll have to tell us if it's a straight-up banger, as we like to say here uh, on the a, podcast. It's the music of our generation. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's scary. Um, <laughs> I I know people have a hard time understanding why somebody would be upset about this, because I feel like a lot of people are just like, well, it's just a dance move. Who cares? But this is something that somebody has created, and whether or not they put a lot of thought into it, it's something that I feel like they're entitled to say, well, this is a move that I've done and nobody else has done it before me and I have my name on it and things like that. Um, it's like if you were to paint something or even just scribble on a piece of paper, call it art and say, like, this is this is my thing. And then somebody rips it off and said, you know, sells it for a bunch of money. That's frustrating. Like, you can't just do that to, to another individual. And I feel like. Epic has kind of done that a couple times. I mean, we were just you were just talking about that, but um, I don't know. That's really, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't yeah, like it. No, that's fair. And and there are a number of games that do sell dance emotes. Like Destiny comes to mind as sure. well, right? You can yeah, earn Destiny dan- has a lot of them. You can earn mm-hmm. dance emotes in that game as well. So I think the interesting thing here is if this proceeds, it could set a precedent in the industry, right? And it's also a weird thing to sort of be like, okay, well, like when did people start or when did games start selling dance moves? Cause like World of Warcraft had dance moves as well, but like, I don't think they were being sold. They were just like things you could unlock or like they were like, uh, um, uh, Easter eggs that you could find. Um, well, each race has had its own dance is what it was. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's almost like a newer phenomenon. Right. So, so now all of a sudden artists are kind of like being like, okay, well, if this is happening, like I want to defend, you know, my own intellectual property. Uh, David, mm-hmm. what did you think about this? 
I agree. Like, I, I think that, you know, I think the dance is silly and I think the song is silly and whatever, but it's his <laughs> dance and it's his song. Yep. And he, you know, invent, for lack of a better word, maybe invented that dance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so if it's, you know, when it comes to these artists and, and certainly musically, like these performers, like they have a certain look and they have a certain sound and they have a certain, you know, like they have their brand, right, visually. And so his, it, that dance is probably very much a part of his brand and like how he markets and monetizes himself, right? And so stealing that from him, it sucks. And the, the funny thing is, is like, like, I forget what, like, what do they call the dance in, in game? They swipe call it. it. Swipe it. Yeah. Um, why <laughs> didn't they the just nose. call it the two, why didn't they just call it the two milli? Or, right? I don't you know, know ask ki- for permission. Or ask yeah. for permission. Yeah. But like, even, even something as simple as crediting, just crediting, just like say, no, this is the two milli dance. Like, I, I bet he wouldn't have cared that much if suddenly that dance got released and he got a huge spike in album sales or something. Yeah, yeah. in album sales or even just like search terms because people are like two million what's the two million they search it up and boom like if Fortnite was like like ignoring all the legality stuff if Fortnite at least just said like this is the two milli dance if you want to know what this is from look up two milli right you know mm-hmm. what i mean like it like at least give credit where it's due um and I get, yeah, some, like, yeah, you're right. The chicken dance, it's like, well, it's hard to do that. But, it, like, they very obviously saw this music video and went, oh, I bet the kids, air quotes, will <laughs> want this dance in the game. And they just took it. It's like, well, no, that's mm. that's a part of his brand. That's a part of what he's providing, what he's selling. Like, you can't just take that from him. I have a bit of a problem just calling it the two milli, though, because it's kind of like saying, well, we're going to pay you an exposure. You know, like that's been yeah. a problem. That's fair. That's so fair. like to me, it's better to just, it's not the whole like, hey, he's getting exposure and more views and more things like that. It's acknowledging that this is an artist that needs to be compensated in some way for their move that they have done, that they have put their name on rather than just being like, well, you now you get all these search, these searches and more people mm. listening to your music and we've paid you an exposure. It's a slippery slope. I don't sure. like it. Yeah. No, you're, 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 you're totally right. I, I guess, I guess what I mean is like, if it, if it turns out that like this suit doesn't go through mm-hmm. and it turns out that for some shitty reason, it's not illegal to do that. Yeah. Fortnite should do the classy thing and still refer to him. Mm-hmm. I no, guess it, yeah, it sure. is mm-hmm. what I Yeah. Sure. And I, 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 like, I doubt that this will go all the way to court. I imagine they might just try and settle. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know, Ted, what, what did you think about all this? Yeah. I mean, I think with a company as big as, as Epic, um, they should definitely be doing due diligence on kind of locking down, uh, the ability to use these kinds of things. Um, which makes me wonder if they just like, you know, ask some interns to do some animations and then they mm. picked one that they liked the most and they're like, Oh, this looks great. And they put it in. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Actually that intern probably looked at a YouTube video mm-hmm. and copied it. And it's just <laughs> yeah. like, Again, it's like, do we want to blame the whole company or do we want to blame like one guy that, you know, screwed maybe. up? Yeah. But at, again, you know, there's still oversight and like yeah. that probably should have come in at one point. Yeah. Um, but the one part of that that was like, seriously, when he was like, like, yes, they, they stole my dance. I want to be compensated. It's like, yeah, I agree with you. And then he's like, yeah. And they, you know, they're, they're taking our black culture. And it's like, 
well, hold on a minute. Let's like, it, I don't think this is a racial thing. I think this is just someone using your content yeah. and your skills without permission. That's, that's like, like again, like I, I don't think Fortnite or, or the, the folks at Epic like specifically went in being like, oh, how can we exploit black artists? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, the problem is that they're, at least in the West and specifically in, in places like America, there has been like, hundreds of years of co-opting and exploiting uh, the artistic work and the culture of African-Americans and like co-opting it and, and just being like, Oh no, no, this is ours now. Like, like we're, we're, we're going to bring this into sort of the larger popular culture or we're going to be like, uh, you know, so what, whatever it is, whether it's the, 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 the co-option of terminology or the use of specific dances or phrases. Um, and there's a long history of that. So I think that's, that's probably one of the reasons why the suit is kind of pursuing that angle. Again, I don't think it was specific, um, uh, you know, intent at Epic to do that. Um, or, or any sort of malice again, right? Um, I just think it's just, that's, how it feels and 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 again there is sort of a history of that so so i kind of understand why they're kind of coming from that direction Mm -hmm. um so you mentioned ted epic is pretty freaking huge and uh that is safe to say again considering the the incredible success that they've had with Fortnite over the last year they can kind of do whatever they want now um so we mentioned the epic game store launch and it's kind of a big deal um, it, it, it's definitely a big deal and it's really shaken things up this last week. Um, and some people might be wondering why, especially on platforms like the PC where we've seen other, um, companies kind of break away from Steam, who has sort of had this stranglehold monopoly on PC games for a long time. We've seen EA spin out and do their origin store. Activision Blizzard has the, um, uh, what do they call that thing? Is it the Blizzard launcher? They I think it's tried? still just Battle.net, isn't it? Yeah, they tried to do the Blizzard oh, launcher, right. yeah. but then everybody was just like, why? Oh, yeah, they went okay. back. Yeah, yeah so, so it's still Battle.net, and then um, Microsoft has its own PC store. Um, so it's, you know, people are trying to get away from Steam, and one of the big reasons why they're trying to do that is because Steam, like a lot of other platform holders, whether it's Google Play or Apple, more often than not, as a platform holder, you're taking 30% of whatever sales uh, happen on your platform. So if I'm, um, I don't know, uh, uh, if I'm Capcom and I put out a game on Steam, uh, they're taking 30% and I'm getting 70% of, of whatever my, my game is marked at, plus microtransactions and whatever else. Um, so in the last week, Valve announced a new revenue split, but really it's a revenue split that benefits games that are already successful. So, so people that are sort of already in the AAA space, uh, your Assassin's Creeds, your, um, you know, your Call of Duties, that sort of thing. So basically they said if your, um, if your game makes more than, oh geez, I lost my numbers here. Okay. So once you surpass 10 million in sales, the split no longer is 30, 70. It goes to, uh, 25, 75. Um, in favor of the, um, of, of the, um, the developer. And then after 50 million, Steam is only going to take 20% uh, of a cut. But again, so that's really only favoring the, the really successful games. So again, trying to keep those larger, uh, developers on Steam. Uh, but since then, Epic Games launched its store and it straight up said, 
our cut is 88%, or sorry, our cut is 12%, your cut is 88%. And that's just sort of across everything. Um, oh, I think, I think if you're using Unreal Engine, they waive the licensing fee on the Epic Game Store. Yeah, you, um, if you make a game using Unreal, they will just take revenue from it mm-hmm. for, for a certain, to a certain extent, I right. think. Yeah. I forget exactly how that works. Because they kind of change it or or have changed it with this, I think. But yeah. mm-hmm. so so I mean, all that being said, uh, the big takeaway here is, I think for the first time we're seeing a competitor that could probably go toe to toe with Steam in the coming months. Uh, they might not fully unseat it. Um, I think David, you and I were playing games the other night, and we were talking with your friend Mark, and mm. I, can't, I can't remember who said like Steam is kind of like Facebook, and it's always going to be there. And yeah, always, that was that was Mark. Yeah that, yeah, that was actually part of a conversation we were having like a, a while ago too. But mm-hmm. yes, you're never not you're never not going to have Steam. Like like how Facebook, it's where all your your friends and your photos after the decades are. Steam is kind of where your games have been for the last while, and it's always going to be there. But but I think more and more companies are going to start putting like not just Epic, but all of these companies. Microsoft is going hard on their uh, online store as well and ea is going to ramp that up and Uplay is going to continue existing i guess and mm. um uh and they're all just going to go into that and so what's going to happen is is kind of like what we've seen in um in tv like everybody's got you know your netflix and your crave and your hulu and your amazon prime and and you're gonna go you know you go looking for a show now and it's like okay well where where do I watch this fucking thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and now you're going to, we're going to have, you know, everybody's going to have five or six different launchers on their, on their computer. And it's going to be like, okay, well, like, where do I, where do I go and, and, and buy this thing? Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think, I think the big, the big thing with what Epic Games is doing with its storefront is, um, obviously that revenue split is really enticing, not just to smaller indie developers, but to larger developers as well. Um, also they announced that every two weeks, they're going to have a couple free games that they'll just give to their, um, their users. Like I think, uh, in the next week or two here, they're going to give away Subnautica for free plus Super Meat Boy. Um, uh, Amy slapping herself because she just I bought just Subnautica. Bought that. <laughs> 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 um, That's always how it goes, though. Yeah, always. yeah, for sure. Um, and, and another couple big things here. Uh, also, they're just like like locking up exclusives. Like during the Game Awards, we saw a lot of announcements that were like Xbox and PlayStation and Epic Game Store first. Right. So locking up those like distribution exclusives, whether they're timed or not, is kind of a big fucking deal. Cause like if I want to play Hades, right, that new game from Supergiant, I have to go to Epic Games. Um, it's, it's not, it's nowhere else. Like they lock that up, uh, while it's mm-hmm. in early access, at least. Um, Ashen, we were just talking about that game. If you look at Steam, it still says DBD when it's coming out. Um, <laughs> and, and that got changed recently. Cause I think it still said like, 2018 2019 uh, but right now it says tbd because it just launched on epic games um so a couple of other big big points here um they answered some questions they said there's not going to be any store-wide drm like there is with steam uh it's it's only gonna be up to the game developers if they do that um they're not adding social components right now like forums which is a big thing of contestion contestion on steam uh because like you know people will start their storefront whatever it is for their game that they have and then 
They'll complain to Steam and be like, I, why are you forcing me to have forums? I have Nazis trying to recruit people on these forums. This is so <laughs> fucked up. Please moderate this. Please do something with this. And Steam, of course, is very hands-off. Uh, so Epic says no forums, at least to start. Um, and, you know, they're, they're going to help devs sort of take advantage of online features. So things like chat and matchmaking, cloud, cloud saves, um, that sort of thing. Um, uh, refunds are going to be 14 days from uh, the point of purchase. No questions asked. Um, and it will be available outside of the U.S. Um, is there an hours cap on refunds like there are in Steam or? No, it's, it's literally just, just 14 days. Um, <laughs> so that's a lot to sort of take in. And what, what do we think? Ted, what, what, what are your thoughts initially on Epic Games and, and what it's planning to do here in, in the coming days? Yeah. I mean, I think Dave kind of touched on it where it's just, um, I kind of, I kind of like to have my, all my games kind of consolidated into one area. Um, maybe that's just me, but yeah, I mean, there has to be a big reason for me to download a new launcher. It's usually just to buy a specific game. And then even then I usually kind of do the run through steam things just so I can keep it on there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, competition is good. It'll, it'll kind of like make valve step up if it's a real contender. So yeah, I think it's, you know, it's good news. Yeah, and again, like I feel like the only reason I think people are really talking about this is because Fortnite has been so popular. And like, so if you consider Fortnite has what two hundred million users, wow, and yeah. that's a lot of people that have this launcher already installed. And it's not like us, right? It's not like the twenty to thirty somethings that are playing Steam and have had Steam mm-hmm. for ten years, right? It's it's the eight to fourteen year olds who are going to be slowly moving from, you know, borrowing mom and dad's credit card to buy their V-Bucks <laughs> to making their own purchases. And if they, if, they, if they already come to this fucking platform every day, like that's a huge incentive for future developers. Um, Amy, yeah. what, are, what, what are your thoughts? Um, I, think, I think to me, I've always kind of disagreed with, with how, I guess, the, the revenue split goes anyway. But especially for smaller developers, I've always thought that, funny enough, I feel the same way about how Steam takes revenue from smaller developers is how I feel about the tax situation in America. Um, not to like get too into politics, but I feel like if, if you're smaller, you shouldn't be paying so much back to Steam. Um, mm. And I don't feel like if you're super successful with a game, you should be getting even more money. Uh, I think that's... I, I don't necessarily like that. I like how, how Epic is doing it. And I like the fact that, that they're letting, they're leaving it up to developers to decide if, if there's, you know, the DRM or DRM free version of their game. I don't know. I think what they're doing, and I agree with like, you know, all these kids are going to be buying games in the next few years. I agree that, that that's what I'm hoping that's what they're going to, you know, do as far as, um, what am I trying to say here? <laughs> I like what they're doing. That's what mm. I'm trying to say. It makes so, business sense, right? Like it, they're, it makes they're just, business sense. Yeah, they have, they have this huge captive audience with Fortnite, and they're just like, yeah, yo, that that's very enticing, very enticing for for future developers. It's like um, a ramp into their little service. Like, yeah. they've mm. already got all these people playing. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I agree. I'm um, I'm glad Epic is doing this. Um, Steam is just kind of like Steam. Steam wasn't even a storefront at the beginning, right? Like it mm. was DRM. 
It yeah. was just Valve's DRM, technically. Yeah. And then they slowly over time, oh, and now this other game is on here. Now this other game. And now it's this big, giant, bloated mess that everybody has um, and has all sorts of problems with it. But because it was the only real option, we all just kind of deal with it. Mm-hmm. And even the other games, launches that came out, like EA um, and Ubisoft and uh, and those, there's a few others too, they only really had their own games on there, but because Steam was still just this like ubiquitous thing, like they they weren't able to take that much away from it. And and like Ted said, you would typically just run your shit through Steam anyways. Um, and it's only because of the the massive success that Fortnite is that Epic is able to come in and start throwing some weight around. And I I hope that there is some competition, and I hope that Valve. Valve just really seems to be like for the last few years, certainly kind of sitting on their laurels with a little bit and just kind of letting steam be steam because whatever, Mm -hmm. it just makes the money that it makes and we don't want to touch it because we don't want to mess with that, Yeah, you know, situation. But like if Epic is coming in hot, you know, they're going to have to step up and do something in order to stay relevant because yeah, it's a generation of people who are treating, who think that Epic is their primary way to get games on the yeah. computer and mm-hmm. not Steam. Yeah. yeah. And, and so you're mentioning how much money Steam is making from uh, game sales, right? Like aside from the money that they generate with Counter-Strike or uh, Dota 2 and now Artifact, um, just in game sales, right? Taking their 30% off of everything, they generated 4.3 billion in 2017. Oh. Um which is wow. yeah, gobs and gobs of Oof. money. But like for like you were saying, David, like their storefront is a fucking mess. Like for 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 a long time, like developers, especially smaller developers, have been complaining about like uh, discoverability on the storefront and like the algorithms that are used to surface games to specific users. Um, and how I think they, they they had a few hiccups in their algorithm uh, in October, which led to a lot of decrease uh, sales for a lot of smaller developers. And they're just like so fucking fed up with the platform. And like Epic, at least right now is saying, Hey, this is all going to be hand curated. We're going to take the time to curate this space. Um, and that's something that I think people have been like begging steam to do for fucking years. Um, so again, I think that's just another knock against it. So I, if steam doesn't like, and and I don't think they, they, they'll do this because they're so like hands off and they're just like, Oh, we'll just kind of see how things play out. And you know, they're, they're, they're not very reactionary. So I like, I think in the next six months, they would have to like do something incredibly drastic to, to keep their storefront, uh, as sort of like the place to go, like the premier place to go. Um, but I just don't feel confident that they're going to do that. Wasn't there a big hullabaloo a few years ago or like maybe last year about Steam sales in general? Like people were complaining about Steam sales and how they were running them. I feel like there was something about that. Not too long ago. Well, it, I think it's just because they have them. I think the issue is that they have them so often and so regularly uh-huh. that the that like people just wait for the Steam sale, right? Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I I've done that. Like, I I know I sit yeah. there and I say like, oh, I'm kind of like on the fence about this game. Like, I don't need this game right now. I'm just gonna wait for a Steam sale, yeah. which means that like a lot of your first time buying and stuff like that is from sales and sales are usually a really good thing mm-hmm. because yes, you're getting more people in your ecosystem and you are getting like a sudden influx of money. Um, that would just be more than regular, but, but that's usually if you've already had a really good 
launch yeah. at a regular price and you're just getting kind of more people in the door after with the sale. But if everybody's just waiting for the sale, then it's going to hurt you in the long run because everybody's buying your game at 50% off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and, and it almost trains users to um, – it trains us to pay less for games and to devalue games, right? Yeah. It, it, it's actually in games I've worked on in the past. It like when we put on sales and how often we do it is, is a really major conversation because I have worked on games, you know, a while ago where we put on sales way too often and you get huge diminishing returns first on the sales at all. Um, like the huge influx in that, you know, um, engagement you get for each sale goes down and yeah, it devalues the thing that you're selling because everybody says, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy it at a regular price. I know I can just get it on sale. And so like when you don't have a sale on your sales go down massively and every time you have a sale, you get diminishing and diminishing returns. And so having these regular, very predictable sales is a really, really bad thing in the long run. So uh, before we close things out, we always like to do some recommendations for the folks listening at home, maybe some stuff outside of games or games adjacent that we've been checking out. Um, Amy, do you have anything you want to recommend to the folks listening today? I do. Um, I've been listening to Hello from the Magic Tavern. It's a podcast on Spotify. Check this out. It's literally all improv. It's this guy who falls through a portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon. And he's literally just interviewing all of these wacky characters from Foon, and they're telling him, like, just generally, like, social conventions, food, like, how things are structured as as far as, like, how their government is. It is so weird, Mm -hmm. but I love it. So, I mean, I'd say anybody who's old enough to deal with some of the the, the stuff in there uh, can get pretty sexual and pretty messed up at some times, but not like not like in a, oh my god, I'm so offended that these people yeah. are talking kind of way. It's just kind of like gross sometimes. Right. Okay. <laughs> I adore it. It's great. But it's all improv. It's all improv. Literally. Wow, no okay. scripts. Everybody's That's just playing really cool. off each other. They make yeah. up shit literally on the spot, and it's usually really, really funny. So, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Highly recommend. Uh, Ted, what do you, but what about you? What do you got? Um, I honestly don't remember if I recommended this already. Um, but there's a show on Netflix called the bodyguard. Hmm. Did I say this before? I, th- I think you, I think you might've talked about it. Yeah. I think you did. Okay. okay. I felt like I did. That's why I, was <laughs> okay. I just, I don't know. I'm going to recommend it again. Watch it. It's only <laughs> yeah, six sure. episodes. It's great. Sure. Very intense. Cool. Uh, and that's with, uh, what's his name? Rob Stark. Rob whatever, Stark. Yeah. Whatever the actual oh. actor's name is. Yep. Yeah, right? He's um, fine. I'm sorry. He is. <laughs> um, is. Since we're talking about TV shows, I'm going to recommend Killing Eve. Uh, Chisulo mentioned this last week, but um, he forced me to watch it when he was here. And that show is so good. Uh, Sandra Oh is incredible in it. Um, it's just a really tight – I think I, again, I think it's like eight episodes or something. And it's uh, terrific, terrific storytelling, uh, great cinematography, and uh, – Great, great work from the actors. So check out Killing Eve. Uh, I had a lot of fun enjoying that. I, again, like really dark and twisted, but uh, also kind of kind of funny and, and, and cute at times as well. Um, David, what do you got? Um, I just uh, I just binge watched, uh, as we all do, um, Star Wars 
Resistance, which is the new like Star Wars kind of kids cartoon. Okay. <laughs> that's out. Nice. Um, it's the same people, same uh, guy that directed, uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. And this is the new show. And it's set like post Return of the Jedi pre, uh, new series. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 it's basically about like Star Wars, like, spaceship racers as opposed to like an actual war which is right. what the other two are about so it's kind of like a little bit more lighthearted, i think but it's it's kind of a it's i i really like the animation style um it's quite different from the last ones and uh um the other two shows um clone wars and rebels the first season was like very very much for little kids and then it kind of like grew up and got like really good mm-hmm. um whereas this one I think has had a stronger start than those two. So I'm actually really looking forward to see kind of, because if it follows the same path of like starting kind of meh and then getting really amazing, this one's already started quite strong okay. and I hope it gets Sweet. even more amazing. So it's, cool. yeah, it's, it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a fun little show. Nice. Um, I fell off of, uh, what was the second one? Not clone wars. Uh, rebels rebels. I kind of fell off of that one, but I don't know. Does it get good? Should I go back and check it out? You should go back and check it out. Okay. It, it has, it actually like legitimately has some of my favorite Star Wars moments in it because they're just okay. like, they're, you know, they're just kind of this ragtag crew, like everybody in Star Wars, but they're not like covered by plot armor quite as much as the other ragtag crews. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, when Darth Vader shows up, it's like, oh, fuck. Right. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you know, okay. so cool. they do they do a lot of stuff where like they make Vader actually scary again, and mm. you know stuff like that. I think okay. they do really well. So yeah, cool. I'll check it out. Um, but uh, anyways, I think that's going to be it for us this week. But if people want to weigh in on the news this week, if you want to talk about the Epic Game Store or uh, what your favorite announcement from the Video Game Awards was, uh, you can send us an email, shelvegames at gmail.com, or you can hop into the Discord server, um, and the link for that is in the show notes, and you can chat with us there in the podcast discussion channel. And of course, you can find the show wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, or shelvegames.com slash podcast. And find us on Twitter at shelf games i'm at john underscore tab and of course we're also on facebook and youtube just search for shelf games there uh, or find us on twitch twitch.tv slash shelved games and music for the show is by zed ion who you can find on soundcloud um ted where can people find you on the internet uh rail car creative uh on instagram cool doing doing all your work there fantastic fantastic video you got like celebs on, on your instagram it's it's wild it's getting there, it's getting there. <laughs> uh amy where can people find you uh you can find me currently on twitter at lady commander tv i'll make my return to twitch sometime after school stops being hard so <laughs> <laughs> cool uh david what about you where can people find you uh you can find me at uh dsmilne.com and i've got that's just my website and i've got links to all my social media stuff on there cool and every Monday, of course, on the Monday Mobile and Podcast. Every Monday on the Monday <laughs> Mobile Podcast, where we talk about all 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 the ads and all the games, <laughs> and um, why we love it, <laughs> and why you love it, because you're evil developers. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's going to be it for us this week, folks. Uh, just a quick announcement. We are going to be probably taking a bit of a break over the holidays. I have to go away and uh, work on some side project stuff um, that I can probably talk about later in the spring. Um, so 
it's going to be kind of touch and go about whether we're going to be doing any podcasting or streaming over the holidays, but uh, we'll hopefully have at least one or two more shows here before the end of the year. Uh, but we're also planning because we didn't plan this very well. We're going to do our game of the year stuff, I think in early January, where we talk about the best stuff that we played this year and some of the stuff that we're really looking forward to in 2019. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and to, to all my hosts, you're going to have to start putting together your lists. Ah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so expect that early January, hopefully fingers crossed. And um, yeah, so we'll uh, catch you all very, very soon. So until next time, go and grab a game off the shelf because you never know what you're going to find. Who's still sick from Extra Life? <laughs> this guy. Yeah, this got sick? Oh, man. I got so fucking sick this week. Oh, shit. You guys should have had some shakes. I mean, I did have a shake. Oh, you did have mine. That's right. Ted, I did have a shake. What oh, the fuck? Oh, you got the poisoned half right. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you just infect mm-hmm. your protein shakes with, like, the cold virus, or? I just, like, uh, made myself immune to the poison that I put in it. <laughs> And then everyone else that has it. Ah, but you see, I've slowly been building up an immunity (laughs) to to, whatever the fuck that shit was for. Yeah, I can't even remember what show that was. No, that was The Princess Bride. It was The Princess Bride. Oh, that's right. That's right. What was the drug? I can't remember. It was some dumb name. It was, yeah. It it was just nonsense. It's been years since I said that. It's inconceivable. I I wanted to say Ipecac, but that's the stuff that like makes you like uncontrollably vomit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's the. That's just the nope drug.